It is great just to think about the sacrifice of Jesus. Think about the sacrifice that he has given for me and for you. See, today's talk, I want to talk to you about something very simple. And it's found in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. In the NIV, it says this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. In the Passion Translation, it says this. I'm writing to you. Sorry, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Paul very simply here is pulling alongside Timothy and he's reminding him of his calling. He's reminding him that God has called him. We've been looking at that over the last few weeks. He says to him about intentionally fanning into flame what God has given him. Have you ever let your life sort of just dampen a little bit? The faith that you have in God, has it ever got a bit damp and it just works its way down to where it's barely an ember, just barely holding a flame? Just a little flicker, maybe every now and again. Is it just holding on to that burn? See, sometimes we can end up letting ourselves get in that sort of state where we get disheartened by life, disheartened by what's happening around us. And you know what? It's okay to sometimes be in that position. It's okay to do it as long as we recognize when we're in that sort of state. I know I myself have been on the verge of burnout a couple of times. And it took a few people around me just to say, hey, it's time to step back a little. It's time to refresh yourself a little. It's time to actually get back to what you believe in. See, sometimes we feel like that, but then sometimes we go to the opposite end where we feel like we're white hot, where we're literally on fire for God. We're literally burning bright for God. We feel like nothing can touch us and nothing will ever bring us down. We feel like that blacksmith's fire that's been stoked and that they've pumped the air through and air through to get the metal that's in there really hot. It melts the metal. And sometimes we feel like that. We feel pumped up. And that's okay too. It's okay to be in whatever season we are in, wherever you are in your walk with God. Maybe even if you're in one of your first steps into faith and you don't yet know God, I just want to encourage you, be where you are. Recognize where you are. Look around you and see what's happening. That's why Paul has reminded Timothy to fan into flames the gifts that God has placed in him. See, it's not something that happens naturally. It's not something that you will just do. It's something that you need to choose to do. It's something that you need to do with intent. See, if we look at the verse before this, we see Paul reminding him of what he is believing in. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. So what he was saying is, Timothy, I see that your faith is real. I see that what you are believing in, I see that belief is real. It wasn't just something that he knew to be true. It was something that he believed in sincerely. Because sincerely means free from pretense or deceit proceeding from genuine feelings. So this is something that he really believed in. He knew that Timothy really believed in the message of Jesus, 
This wasn't just beliefs handed down. This wasn't just something else. It was personal. It wasn't just good ideas that he heard and thought, oh, that's nice. Because a lot of time people hear the truths of God and just go, oh, that's nice. But it doesn't change their life. It doesn't have an impact. You see, yes, his grandmother and his mother believed and followed the message, but now it was his choice. Is he going to believe this message and follow it or not? And see, some of us grew up in that sort of pretense where some of our family had been Christians and we learned a bit about God from them. But we needed to choose ourselves to enter into that message, to enter in and believe that message. See, the, um, the verse before, the verse that we read say, um, said, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am persuaded, now lives in you also. See, now this message lives in him. Now it's his responsibility for his beliefs. See, when, you, when, when kids are young and when even people are young in, the, in their own understanding of, of God and faith and understanding um, what's it all about, it's, it's, it's not their responsibility, the faith. But once they get some knowledge, once they engage with the knowledge of God, once they start to understand who God is, it's their choice to fan into flames those beliefs, to actually um, engage with those beliefs in their life. See, this message that we carry, this message that Jesus proclaims is a message of life. It's something that brings real life. What is it Jesus said? The enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give life. And he could have stopped there because life full stop would have been perfect. But he says, no, I come to give life in all of its fullness. See, sometimes some of us can experience life, but we only experience a little bit. We only experience that little portion of life. We don't experience the full reality of the message of God in us and flowing through us to, to others. See, if you hear this message of Jesus and you choose not to respond to it, that's your own choice. That is everybody's own choice. See, sometimes we can hear it and just think, oh, that's a nice idea, that's good thoughts, that's good morals, but it's not for me. And some of us sometimes can choose to walk away from God. And unfortunately, that's our own choice. That's the choice that people make. See, sometimes some of us even have been around the message our whole lives. We've heard this message so often that it sort of loses its impact. Even those who believe, even those who go, you know, I really believe in God and I want to follow him, and they choose to put their faith in Jesus, they choose to get forgiveness. Sometimes the actual message becomes numb inside of them. It's just something that they've heard and they keep hearing and keep hearing. See, if you've always known this message of Jesus, if you've grew up around it, or even if you've been around it for a while, you sometimes get desensitized to it. Do you really know how amazing this message is? Can you honestly say that you sit down and that you thought about it recently? How amazing the message of what we believe in is? Let's remind ourselves of some of the key aspects. God loves us. That, or that in itself could be the rest of my message. I could just focus on that. But not only that, God loves us so much that he sent down Jesus. He didn't want us to leave us in a broken and worried state. He didn't want to leave us um, with anxiety, stress, fear, with anything, any of them sort of messages. But he sent down Jesus. 
See, and in Jesus, we find God providing a way for us to connect with him again. Because we know that there's this thing in between us, there's this division in between us called sin. It's all of the wrong things that we've done, anything that falls short of God's standard, anything that falls short of what God's done in our lives. We know that there's this barrier. So God sent Jesus down to break through the barrier and in simply believing and doing nothing else but believing, we find forgiveness in God. We find forgiveness for all of that wrong that we've ever done. All of that stuff that has ever come between us and God. All of the stuff in our life, maybe even that's good, but God hasn't placed us there. All of that. You know what? God, he loves us and he sent Jesus down to make up the shortfall, to make up the gap. So he offers this forgiveness to all. It's a free gift. And if you've took that step of faith and believed in him, you've accepted that free gift of God. If you haven't, I encourage you today, right now, do that. Accept the free gift of God. See, even though you've done wrong, God says, I want to know you. I want to be in a relationship with you. And that's what God's doing. He's inviting you to come into your relationship. And that's why we need Jesus to come and bridge the gap so that we can enter into a relationship. He doesn't want a long distance relationship. He doesn't want something that's de detached from himself. He wants something that's connected to himself. And that's why he says, you know what? Not only do I want you, not only do I want to know you, but I want you to come in and be part of my family. He invites us in to be part of the family of God. Do you realize how amazing that is? It, it even calls us co-heirs with Christ. So the same power that worked in Jesus now is alive in you when you put your faith in Jesus. Do you realize the profoundness of that? Have you let that impact you? The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is now in you if you believe in Jesus and believe in the finished work of the cross. See, he wants you to know this gift of love and forgiveness. He wants you to know his grace and not get what you deserve. He wants you to know his mercy and get what you don't deserve. See, and then whenever God brings you into his family, he brings you into all the purposes and plans and dreams that he's had for your life. He sat down and said, look at what I want to give you. He gives us gifts and abilities beyond ourselves that we can never have in our own understanding. You know what, it promises us that we can have knowledge directly given from heaven. We can have wisdom in how to use that knowledge that's been given directly from heaven. We can have faith to see things happen and to know that God can do many things. We can heal people by simply praying over them in the name of Jesus. We can do miracles by simply asking in Jesus' name that things will happen. We can have the ability to prophesy things that are not yet, and they will be. We can know the difference between the Spirit of God moving and spiritual forces that are not of God. We can know the difference. We can have the ability to speak in languages we've never learnt. We can have the ability to understand languages we've never studied. It says this, that all gifts are produced by the one and the same Spirit, and he gives gifts to each person just as he decides. 
See, and that's why we fan into flames the gifts that God's given us. That's why we fan into flames what God's placed inside of us. And you see, a world out there is waiting to see and hear us living in these gifts. To know this God that we talk about. Because sometimes all they hear is words, but when they look at our lives, they don't see the evidence of the fire of God at work in our lives. There's no life for them to see. See, sometimes some people who profess that they know God come to church, fill a seat, go home, and the message that they hear every week has never impacted their life. The message that they hear every week has not transformed who they are. They haven't changed one iota. And people look at that and go, well, how can they claim to know God? Have you seen their life? Have you seen what they do? See, if you just listen to the message and it doesn't change and impact you, then you're not living in the fullness of the promises of God. See, if you're made alive by the word of God impacting your life and its meaningfulness, then you know what? There is a point to your faith. There is a reason behind what you do. But if you're simply listening to it, not applying it, and it's meaningless... There's no point to your faith. There's no point of reference where people can look in your life and say, I see God moving in you. See, when you pray, you pray in faith and you believe that God will answer. How many of you have prayed in faith recently and seen God meet that need? I want all of you to be claiming the promises of God that speaks over your, he speaks over your life. See, that's why we share this message with others, because we want them to know the reality of God impacting their lives. See, if we read on in this passage that we were reading in in Timothy, verse 7 says, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. See, some of us are so timid in our faith, we're so restrictive and cowering and weak in our faith that we never actually apply what we learn. We never actually step out in faith and pray for that person who's sick. We never actually lay hands on anybody and ask God to move in their life. We never, I know it's tough in this time to do that, mind you, but it doesn't stop us saying the words and praying, even virtually laying hands on people. But you know what? The Spirit of God in us doesn't make us timid. If you're really engaging with God and engaging with this real message of Jesus Christ, it doesn't make you timid. But what does it do? It says, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. See, these are the keys to unlocking God's kingdom in your life. Are you unlocking God's kingdom in your life by allowing God's power to work in you and through you? Are you allowing your life to be transformed? We mention it so many times, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, but are you allowing your mind to be transformed and renewed? Are you allowing God's power to come in and work in your life? Are you, or are you still the same person you were? Are you still holding on to the same gripes you've held on to for years? Are you still allowing um, the, the way that you've done things always to be the way that you do things? This is the change that we must make. We must allow God's word to change who we are. It gives us power. It gives us love. We're reminded that, you know what, we can do any mighty miracles that we want for God. We can do whatever. We can move mountains. But if there's no love behind what we do, there's no point. Love has to be the the linchpin of your life. Everything that you do must be grounded and rooted in love. And the love of God must flow in you and through you. And that's why Jesus said the two biggest commandments are 
Firstly and foremostly, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love God with everything that you are and everything that you do. And then the second commandment is just like the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The truth is, some of you don't love yourself. Some of you don't care about yourself enough to actually look after yourself in spiritual ways, in physical ways, in all ways. Because the thing is, you can only love others if you love yourself. And we can only love ourselves whenever we see ourselves through God's eyes. And then when you see and love yourself, and not being, not being in love with yourself, but loving yourself, caring about yourself, looking after the temple of the Holy Spirit that is you, when you do that and then allow God to impact you and flow through your life, then the love of God impacts others. Then you make a real difference. Then you do something different. And then you're disciplined and self-disciplined with that. God gives you the, 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 the structures and the means and the ways. That's why Christianity as a religion is great. And if you follow all the rules that, we, that, that people have created throughout the years, you know what, it's a good way to live your life. But the problem is if you follow the rules without the relationship, there's no point. We've looked at that in the past. See, verse eight tells us, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Don't worry about what others think. Worry about what God thinks. See, the problem is, do we view other people's opinions and look at them and say, I value that above what God thinks. I value that about um, being in relationship with God. Do we allow how it might look to others over actually genuinely connecting with the loving God? See, Paul reminds him, he says, rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. See, it's not going to be easy. It's never easy to follow God's calling in your life. It's never easy to enable the gifts within you and work within the gifts that God's given you. God gives us and has blessed us with many different gifts. Some of you have the gift of faith that I would long for, that you just pray in faith without thinking and you just go lay your hands out and go. See, some of you have so, have so many gifts inside of you that you've yet to discover. The thing is, we claim on to this and we claim it by following the gospel, by simply believing in the good news of Jesus and then allowing the power of God to make that difference in our lives. Verse 9, it says that he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. See, we've done nothing to be worthy of any of this. We've done nothing to, to claim that, you know what, I'm good enough to stand in God's presence. I'm good enough. We're all just broken people. We're all broken in many ways. But we take that brokenness and we give it to God. And God does something beautiful with it. See, God has saved us. And he's called us to this holy life. He's called us to make a difference. But we can only make a difference if we are different. See, it's nothing that we have done. But it's his purposes at work in us. And then God's grace comes in and takes over whenever we miss the mark. Thankfully, we're not judged by our worst moments. See your worst moments, bring them to God, lay them at his feet and apologize. Say sorry, repent of your sins, repent of the wrong you've done. We need to allow this message to flow in us. Know that we're not disqualified because we've made a mistake. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. 
It says, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. See, the message of Jesus is the linchpin. The message of Jesus is the point. It's the reason. It's the purpose. This grace that's at work within us, this mercy that's at work within us, it's revealed in what Jesus did. That's why we look at the cross. We were singing earlier, thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. The cross is the reality of the grace of God being made public, being made known to others. In the Old Testament, they used lambs and sacrificed lambs as a symbol of what Jesus was coming to do, as a symbol of all sin being dealt with at the cross. That was the difference that it made. And then God invites us into this eternal life. This eternal life and immortality through this good news. Verse 11. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know him I have believed it, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Can you say that about your life, that you know who you've believed in, and you're convinced that he's able to keep that to what you've committed to him until the day, until that final day? Can you say that with your life? Can you say that that's your testimony, that's your walk, that that is what you do every day, that you commit to him every day? It's no cause for shame, but this is a cause for rejoicing. This is a cause for no matter what comes against us, we can celebrate what God's doing and what God's going to do because we know who we've believed in. Do you know the one who you've believed in today? Do you really know him? Verse 13 says, what you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Whenever God reveals to you his truth, guard it. The Bible references, um, I forget exactly where, about perils before swine. You know, don't let the good things that God gives you be destroyed by those negative voices around you, by those people around you that want to pull you down into the muck and the mire that they're living in. But allow your life to be a beacon, a beacon of hope to all, a beacon that actually shines in the darkness. Do you know that one candle on a dark light or a dark night can be seen up to 50 miles away? One single candle? Because the light penetrates the darkness. The light exposes the darkness. That's why we have to guard what God gives us. That's why we guard the gifts that's within us. And that's why we fan into flames the fire that God's placed inside of you. Don't just let your life be mediocre. Don't just let your life just survive. Don't just let your life just take over. But the Holy Spirit wants to be inside of you, fanning into flames the words of God. The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus. The same spirit that was in Jesus is now in you. So go and make the same difference Jesus made. Go in power, go in love, and go in self-discipline. 
See, we honor God and not others. Maybe you're sitting and you just don't know the reality of God. I remember once, uh, I was debating whether to share this story or not, but I just feel like it might be applicable to one or two people that might be watching. Remember once, um, I went on a Christmas do, and it was whenever I was a plumber, and we actually met up with an electrical firm that we worked alongside, and it just so happened my uncle worked for the electrical firm. And shortly before this, his wife had decided to follow Jesus. Now, he had been brought up through church and through everything, but he never really grasped it and fully comprehended it. But my uncle, as we were standing outside one of these pubs that we were going through, going in, I just remember him in tears turning to me, just going, I don't know what she's got. I don't, I don't understand what she's understood. I don't grasp the reality of God in the way that she's grasped it. He didn't use them exact words, but that's what he was trying to say. I just don't understand what she's understood. He grew up knowing about God and knowing the reality of, uh, of the God is real, but he never got it for himself. He never chose to believe himself. He never actually got the relationship of God up until that moment. But I can say that you know, shortly after, I know he decided to follow God and he's, and he's battling on with God and he's following God with all of his heart. And I love what he's doing with his life. It's a real inspiration to so many. But maybe you're in that place and maybe you're going, I don't know the reality of God. I just don't know the reality of what it means to live a life on fire for God. I just want you to come to God this morning and just allow yourself to be broken in front of him. Allow yourself to be broken as you give your life to him. Whether for the first time or whether you need to come to God and say sorry for letting yourself burn down to an ember, letting your, the fire that God's placed in you burn out. Maybe you need a time of refreshment. Maybe you need to step back and actually allow God's fire to build up inside you again. I want to give you permission to take the courage to step back and to step into all that God has for you in a relationship sense. Because the thing is, it's not about what we can do for God. It's not about how we can serve God. It's not about what we physically do. It's about our relationship with him. Because there's a passage that warns us that on the final day, people will come to God and say, look at what I've done in your name. I've done this in your name. I've done that in your name. And that God will turn to them and say, go away. I don't know you. Know God today. Don't leave this meeting without knowing God and knowing what God's placed inside of you. Let's pray together. God, thank you that we have the choice to follow you. Thank you, God, that we can choose today to give our lives to you, whether for the first time or for the hundredth time. God, whether we feel like we're on top of the world and burning brightly for you, or whether we feel like we're an ember about to be snuffed out, I just pray that we'll come to you and give our lives to you. We'll come to you and give our hearts to you. We'll come to you and we'll just say, come Lord and have your way in me. If there's any way which is unfaithful to you, God, come and have your way. Come and strip that out if it needs stripped out. Come and um, renew what needs renewed. Come and strengthen what remains. And God, thank you that you won't break a bruised reed. You won't just snap it in half. God, thank you so much that if we feel like we're a bruised reed, if we feel damaged, if we feel broken, that we can come to you because you're the restorer and the, and the 
healer. We do believe that you are our healer. God, may we just say in all faithfulness that today I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back. God, I pray that we will just choose today to be in relationship with you, to know your love, to know your compassion, to know the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.